and welcome to another edition of Authorised, the podcast where writers speak. My name's Kevin Hillier. Today I'm speaking to a professor. He's a professor of sports medicine. He's a name that you all know, I think, fairly well. Uh, and he's a man with a great message to tell us uh, through a new book that uh, has just come out called The Diabetes Plan. I'm talking about Dr Peter Brookner. We'll get to him in just a tick. Uh, and we, We're looking at some health goals when we talk to Pete, but uh, we're looking at some financial goals. We talk about our podcast partners, CSCG, terrific people to deal with. It's that time of the year when we start thinking about tax and tax returns and what uh, what's happening with our financial situation and maybe the time to sit down with someone who knows what they're doing and have a chat about where you want to be with your finances, what your financial goal is and how they can help you achieve it. And CSCG are the people to talk to about that. So give them a call. It's that simple. Double nine seven four eight triple three. Jump on the website, cscg.com.au and see the people you're dealing with, the services they have, and I'm sure it'll be uh, a win-win situation. Now, uh, let's uh, get to our guest, and it is Dr. Peter Bruckner. Uh, the new book he's got out is called The Diabetes Plan. He says uh, and means this uh, sincerely that it's the biggest health crisis we're currently facing. Let's find out more about it and the book. Uh, let's talk about The Diabetes Plan, Doc. Uh, it's, a, sure. it's a big book. It's a big project. <coughs> it's, it's kind of it's your life's work now, isn't it? It is these days, Kevin. Yeah, as you know, I have a sort of a past career in, in sports medicine and been involved with much, uh, much sport and so on. But really, the last ten years or so since I changed my own sort of health around, and uh, I've really uh, focused mainly on uh, on people's on general general health and, and trying to get people to eat better. And uh, as a result, trying to sort of put these diseases like uh, type two diabetes into uh, into remission. So I guess you could say that's now my uh, now my passion, and um, yeah, I just want to, uh, you know, type two diabetes is really the elephant in the room. I mean, uh, you know, there's there's one and a half million Australians diagnosed with type two diabetes. Probably another half a million who are undiagnosed but running around with it. Probably another two million with pre-diabetes. So that's four million people who are probably over the age of. 40s today, you know, it's a pretty sizable chunk of the population. You, you, and, describe, um, it, you describe it in the book, uh, and I know you talk about it, as the biggest health crisis mm. we, we have in this country, probably in the world. I, I believe so, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I'm not trying to you know, play down pandemics and all that sort of stuff, but, uh, but the, the reason it slips under the radar, Kevin, is that people don't die of type 2 diabetes. You know, you look at the death sort of uh, statistics and it's about number six or number eight or something like that, you know. But the problem is, is that uh, with type 2 diabetes, it results in high blood sugar and that blood sugar damages the lining of the blood vessels. And we know that that's the cause of a lot of diseases, you know, atherosclerosis and so on. So yeah. type 2 diabetes is the most common cause of blindness, the most common cause of kidney disease, kidney transplants. It's closely associated with heart disease and strokes. It's um, very commonly uh, the most common cause of amputations and closely linked to Alzheimer's and dementia. In fact, Alzheimer's is sometimes called type 3 diabetes, such as a sort of close link. So oh, okay. these are the chronic diseases that are uh, hammering our, uh, our society these days. And type 2 diabetes is a major risk factor for all of them. So we, we need to tackle it at the, at the source, if you like, and, and tackle this type 2 diabetes. I guess the other reason that it sort of sneaks up on us is because relatively in what we think are, are healthy people are getting it. And your your story is, is probably a good case in point. Yeah, very typical. I mean, this, you know, 10 years ago, I was 60. If you'd asked me how I was, I'd have said, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm fine. Yeah, I'm good. 
the reality was is I was significantly overweight. I'd probably been, you know, I'd probably put on half a kilogram a year for 30 years, you know, as many, many middle-aged men do. Um, I had uh, a disease called fatty liver that I totally ignored being a typical body doctor. Um, uh, but that's a, I now understand that's a pre-diabetic condition. Uh, I had high uh, insulin levels, high triglyceride levels, so I was quite metabolically unwell. And in retrospect, I was clearly uh, pre-diabetic. I had a family history of type 2 diabetes, and I have no doubt that had I stayed the way I was going, within a year or two, I'd have been diabetic. And um, I... Uh, this, a colleague of mine suggested that you know maybe we had the diet thing wrong, that we'd been focusing too much on fat and that we'd been uh, uh, allowing ourselves way too much sugar and processed carbohydrates. So uh, I thought, oh, that's a bit, you know, that's a bit of a radical, uh, radical thought. I was pretty dismissive of it to start with, to be honest. And then um, I decided I'd do a bit more reading and, and the more I read, the more interested I got in it. So eventually I decided I'd give it a go myself. I'd try a little experiment on myself. And uh, so I decided I'd do three months on it on a sort of low-carb, healthy-fat diet. So I stopped eating anything with sugar in it, stopped eating starchy foods, you know, rice, pasta, potato, cereals, and so on. Um, basically stopped eating all processed foods, really, and went back to eating the way that probably my grandparents had eaten. You know, just good old-fashioned meat and fish and fruit and veg and dairy and, you know, full-fat, you know, cream and butter and eggs, you know, like cholesterol, I can't have that, you know. So really went back to the old-fashioned way of eating. And... Um, and the results just blew me away. I mean, in, in three months, in 13 weeks, I lost 13 kilograms. I was never hungry once. I reversed all my metabolic issues, my fatty liver I'd had for 10 years, which was a pre-diabetic condition, completely disappeared and still still gone to this day. All my other things went back to normal. I felt fantastic. Um, my exercise capacity improved. My sleep improved. There was one drawback, though, Kevin. I needed a new wardrobe. But uh, <laughs> I figured that was a small price to pay for, uh, for, for that. And... Uh, and I guess, you know, when that happens, you've got one or two choices, haven't you? You know, you can either just um, shut up about it and uh, just sort of say, oh, I'm all right. Uh, or you can, uh, you know, start talking about it. And, uh, and, and people would come up to me because oh, clearly I've lost a whole heap of weight and say, what have you done? And uh, so I started to become a bit of an advocate for this type of uh, way of eating. And um, I started a charity called Sugar by Half where we're particularly focused on, on educating kids in schools about uh, the, the problems with sugar and uh and, and campaigns and so on. And then, uh, then I, I wrote a, a book a couple of years ago. Um, and then two years ago, we, we started uh, this diabetes campaign called Defeat Diabetes. And because uh, really, it, you know, no one was tackling it. There was good evidence throughout the world that you could actually put type 2 diabetes into remission by uh, by adopting this low-carb diet. Because when I was a medical student, Kevin, which is a long time ago now, but it's still the same, we're told that type 2 diabetes is a chronic progressive disease. You know, you, there's no cure, you're on tablets for life, you know, we'll just do all we can to try and reduce those complications I talked about earlier. And the reality is that that's not the case. You know, we can actually, with uh, with a low-carbohydrate uh, eating approach, you can put type 2 diabetes into remission. Uh, Somewhere between sort of 50 to 60% in most of the studies have managed to put that into remission. And the other 40%, you know, still reduce their, their blood sugars but don't quite get into, into remission. So it's a very, you know, exciting way of, uh, of, uh, of managing these, uh, this disease. But no one was talking about it, you know, it was because it's, you know, it's not a drug and it's, you know, there's not a lot of money in it and, and so on. It wasn't being promoted. So, uh, I kept waiting for someone to sort of come out and produce an Australian program that uh, that people could t- take. And eventually, I thought, well, I'll uh, I'll do it myself with a couple of colleagues. We spent lockdown sort of uh, 
putting together this uh, app and web-based program with videos and articles and recipes and meal plans and so on. And that's been a successful program now for a couple of years. We've, we've had thousands of people do uh, do the program and, and we've uh, looked at our own results and they've been similarly encouraging to the, the results overseas. So this book really is an extension of that. It's just another means of trying to get that message out there to as many people as possible that, uh, you know, one, we should be preventing type 2 diabetes by improving our diet. Secondly, if we've got pre-diabetes or, or, or type 2 diabetes, there is hope. You know, at the moment, you know, there, there's no hope. You know, you, you've diagnosed with type 2 diabetes and your doctor says, oh, I've got, you know, got bad news for you, Mr. Hillier. You know, you've got type 2 diabetes and, uh, and, and there's no hope. Whereas this is giving, uh, it's giving patients hope, it's giving doctors hope that we can actually get on top of this disease and reduce those complications that I talked about. Doctor, the, uh, the the cynic in me says that because it's not a wonder drug and because it doesn't require you know uh, research and development and all those things, it's a plan that uh, I can pick up in this book and read and and uh, and serve myself in my own kitchen and do all that stuff. That that's why no one's talking about it uh, as much as you are. Yeah, look, I think there's there's some truth in that. It's not necessarily the you know, the profession's fault. I mean, I think. Doctors, by and large, have very little training in nutrition. We don't really understand uh, nutrition and exercise and things like that. We're very focused on, on medications and so on. And so, yeah. you know, you tend to stay in your comfort zone. And, and, and the comfort zone for doctors is, is medications and surgery and things like that. And uh, we're not that good at, uh, at, at nutrition and exercise and things like that. And the other factor is, is the time factor. You know, it, it takes, you know, it takes time to sit down and take someone through a, a diet and so on. It's, much easier just to write them, a, you know, write them a script for a tablet and so on. So, I don't sort of uh, necessarily blame the profession so much, but it's certainly an explanation. And, uh, and I think you know we've just got to change uh, the way we think about uh, about this disease and, and many other diseases as well. You know, type two diabetes is not the only one that responds to a, an approach like this, but it's the most obvious, and uh, it just makes sense, Kevin, because you know basically type two diabetes is a disease where you become carbohydrate intolerant. You know, you no longer tolerate carbohydrate, you, you become resistant to the effect of insulin and and, uh, and your blood sugar just rises. So it, it makes a lot of sense that well, if you're intolerant to something, just remove it. You know, I mean, if you're, yeah. you know, if you're an alcoholic, you remove alcohol. You know, yeah. if, if you're a carbohydrate, uh, you know, intolerant uh, as you are with type 2 disease, just remove it from your, from your diet and it's not that hard. It's not that hard. People say, oh, I could never do it. I could never live without you know, rice. Well, you know, try cauliflower rice, you know, uh, even tastier. You know, I couldn't live without pasta. Well, zucchini noodles are just just as good, you know. Yeah. And then things like that. There's alternatives to everything and you've just got to be smart about it. Yep. Uh, you've done a lot of really interesting things in this book. Uh, you've got uh, uh, menus at the back. You've got recipes. You've got uh, QR codes to 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 listen because these days we, you know, we don't, probably don't read as much. We we listen to things and we watch things, so we learn that way about it. So you've got QR codes in there to take you to interviews and all that. So you've you've uh, you've turned the book into an interactive little sort of uh, station as well. Yeah, look, I'd love to say that was all my doing, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm of that generation, Kevin, like you, that you know we're we're not uh, switched on to this sort of thing. But uh, fortunately, there are people in the organisation who are, and uh, and I was very supportive of that because, uh, again, as you say, you know, there are people who like to read, there are people who like to listen, there are like the people, the people who like to watch, 
and uh, and you know hopefully we can cater for all those people to get our message across. Uh, I guess a large part of the uh, the, the age bracket that uh, that needs to read this is the age bracket that did grow up with books. Um, they're the yep. sort of the fifty pluses yep. and the sixty pluses, and they're the ones that that do need to change uh, their diet and their and their dietary habits. Do you see? Diabetes too in the future. I mean, it, it is a, a lifestyle disease in many ways, and a lifestyle condition in many ways. Are we are we changing that? Are we turning? Have we turned that on our head enough now that that we won't see as much of it in the future? Or oh, gee, I'd like to say so, Kevin, but I, you know, not yet. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, we we well, we haven't won that battle as yet. You know, and. Uh, and it, look, it's very challenging, you know. I mean, you know, the, we live in a, like an obesogenic society. You know, we're surrounded by uh, by cheap, tasty food that, well, you can hardly call it food, so, but really it's just sort of chemical concoctions that are made to look like food. But, uh, you know, it's cheap and tasty. It's easy to uh, to, to get. You know, we're all busy. We're, we're time poor. We're, we're money poor. I mean, it's not, uh, it's not easy, but, uh, you know, Ultimately, you pay for it with your health, and uh, and uh, it might cost a little bit more money to buy you know better quality food. But ultimately, you're investing in your in your health, and uh, you know I think that's a pretty good investment. And uh, your taste buds come back too. You start to to understand what uh, you know what real food tastes like, and there's a there's an enormous difference, an enormous difference. There is, you know, we, we've all become, you know, and the food industry has very cleverly done this. You know, we've become a, a, a sort of a customer addicted to sweetness. You know, we, we expect sweet is normal, and uh, it's amazing once you start, um, you know, cutting back on uh, on, on sugar and processed carbohydrates and, and so on. You uh, you really notice uh, notice the change that uh, things. You know, if you do have something sweet, it's feel it tastes very very sweet. So you. Your taste buds do change, and then they get more sensitive, and you enjoy your food uh, a lot more. Just than this, you know, instead of this, this constant sweet, 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 sweet. Everything is, uh, is you know, ramped up to the to the maximum amount of uh, of sweetness, and uh, everything tastes the same. You know, and then uh, you know, some I saw the stats. I think something like eighty percent of all processed foods have added sugar in it. You know, and, and the industry just ramps up the amount of sugar to uh, to the maximum amount. Yeah, that's what we're. Uh, we're used to, and, and and we're all, you know, many people are, are actually addicted to sugar. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we've got to get rid of that uh, addiction because it's killing us. Education at a, at a younger level, uh, are we attacking that in the in the way that we should, Doc? Well, probably not enough. We're certainly trying through Sugar by Half. We have a program in conjunction with Cool Australia through schools that the teachers can can access to uh, to uh, to teach their their kids uh, messages about uh, about sugar, both direct and indirect uh, messages. But no, we could be doing a whole lot more, you know, and government could be taking the lead here and, and promoting healthy food and, and banning you know, junk food advertising it, that, you know, uh, we're doing children's TV. And there's a, there's a whole range of issues that if the government was serious, really serious about, uh, about attacking our health, they'd be, uh, they'd be attacking those, uh, those issues. But, uh, you know, there are powerful forces that, uh, that want to maintain the status quo, unfortunately. Is is there a is there a void there in the marketplace somewhere for for businesses to get involved in this as well? Because productivity uh, on, on the back of people who are well and fit and healthy is obviously better than people who are you know lazy and fat and not doing anything. Absolutely, you know I think uh, you know there's a lot of corporate wellness programs out there, and they're, they're still probably not focusing enough on on diet and and, and reducing uh, sugar and carbohydrates. But that's a great opportunity for uh, for businesses to. Uh, to improve the health of their uh, of their employees, uh, that's certainly a uh, you know I, I think a really important uh, way of, of, of tackling this uh, this issue through the through the workplace. Um, 
But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's everywhere, really. You know, we, we just need to keep uh, ramming this message through that, uh, you know, we've got to eat better. You know, it's the key to our health. And, you know, we're, just, we're getting fatter and sicker. You know, we're, we're getting uh, all these chronic diseases, you know, that uh, didn't exist, you know, when, when I was a medical student. You know, I mean, uh, it's funny, they used to call type 2 diabetes mature-onset diabetes. Uh. And they had to change the name because people are getting it so much younger now because of the, of the way they're eating, you know. So that's sort of a sad reflection really on, uh, on, our, on our society, really. And the one thing that I guess comes through this as much as anything else is you're not hungry. The, the, the one thing about when as soon as people mention the word diet, everyone uh, freaks yep. out. It's not a diet. It's a, it's a lifestyle plan, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, diet's a four-letter word as far as yeah, I'm exactly. concerned. And, yeah, uh, and the the problem with diets, as you mentioned, you know, if you get go on to a uh, you know an 800 calorie a day diet, you know, which is effective, you know, you, you'll lose weight and you'll help your diabetes and so on. I mean, I defy anyone to stay on that long term, you know, because you get hangry, you get hungry yeah. and angry, yeah, and uh, <laughs> and you know, you just can't sustain it, and then then you drop off it, and then then you know you you, uh, you finish up, you know. You know, more weight than you started with, and then you go on again. You have this yo-yo diet the whole time, and um, and that's what is different about uh, a uh, reduced carbohydrate lifestyle. In that you're not hungry because carbohydrates are the things that make you hungry. They raise your blood sugar, then they drop it quickly, and then you get that hunger again. Whereas healthy fats and, and good proteins and so on fill you up. So if you're focusing mainly on those two nutrients as part of your diet. You're just not. Uh, you just don't have that hunger issue you have with with other diets, and that's why, to me, this is sustainable. I mean, I used to eat you know three meals and three snacks a day. You know, I was always always hungry, always eating. You know, you have cereal at eight o'clock and you get to ten o'clock and you think, God, you know, where's the muffin trolley or you know whatever. I mean, it. Uh, yeah. You'd always be hungry. Whereas now I'll have uh, you know some bacon and eggs and avocado or something for breakfast, and I won't eat again all day. So you know, I've gone from three meals and three snacks a day to three meals a day. I'm still on that, uh, that today. So, you know, you reduce the amount of uh, food. And that's also another way of reducing the cost of uh, food. You know, you're not eating uh, constantly. And, and So people say to me, oh, no, it's okay. I don't have much sugar. And they think they don't have much sugar. But uh, in fact, sugar is everywhere. You know, you've, things that we've always sort of assumed were healthy, you know, like uh, fruit juice or uh, fruit yogurt or, or a muesli bar or uh, salad dressing or barbecue sauce, you know. I mean, uh, nobody really associates with them with sugar, yet they're all full of sugar. There's a lot of, uh, you know, ignorance really about uh, the sources of sugar. But uh, if you stick to sort of, you know, fats and proteins, you know, you're, you're, you're much healthier, you're, uh, you're not hungry and... Um, you know, the results are much better in the long term and you will uh, either, you know, put your diabetes into remission or, or if you don't have it yet, uh, you know, you, you hopefully won't get it. Because you've got to remember, you don't get time to diabetes overnight. You know, your, your blood levels might get to that point, you know, one day. But this is a process. This is a 10, 20-year process of uh, of gradually becoming insulin resistant because of the amount of carbohydrates that you're, that you're eating. And eventually, the, the pancreas says, oh, hang on a minute, I just can't cope with this anymore. And... Uh, and your blood sugar starts to rise. So, uh, you know, the sooner you get onto this, the better. Pete, keep up the good work. It's a fantastic book. It, it does uh, very simply lay out for you uh, what happens to you, how you how you can go about doing something about it, and uh, some terrific recipes and meal plans in the back as well. Uh, good on you. Well done. Uh, keep up the good fight. Yeah, thanks for having me, Kevin. Uh, thanks to the doc uh, for his time and uh, check the book out. It's called The Diabetes Plan. It is available now uh, through Macmillan Publishing uh, at all bookstores around the place and uh, certainly online as well.
And check out those other organisations that the doc mentioned that he's involved with, uh, Sugar by Half and Defeat Diabetes. So certainly it is a a problem and uh, we need to address it. That sounds like a very sensible way of doing it, if you ask me. Hope you enjoyed this edition of the Authorised Podcast. Plenty more where you found this one. Uh, Where all good podcasts are, you'll find Authorised and a whole stack of uh, different and, and very fascinating and interesting and intriguing and engaging authors that we've spoken to over the journey of this podcast and many more to come. Thanks to our podcast partners, CSCG. Talk to them about your financial goals. Just give them a call, double nine seven four eight triple three, or jump on the website, cscg.com.au. Till the next time, I'm Kevin Hillier. Read a book. 